0: As-salamu May hey, the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM, Chicago, Illinois. And I am your host, Tariq Elamine. Welcome back, Radio Islam family. Welcome back. Whether you are in your cars right now or you have just made it home, We are always appreciative and thankful that you have chosen to spend this hour from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time with us here at Radio Islam. For our new listeners, if you don't know, Radio Islam is a live call-in talk radio program, and we air every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. And we reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. Now, for those of you who would like to get a little bit more information, feel free to visit our website. Even as we continue to add content to it, make some some adjustments, RadioIslam.com is still up and still available for you to look at things like guest bios, programming, previous shows, articles, and a whole lot more. Now, for you social media heads, which is just about everybody nowadays, If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at the same handle on both of those platforms, and that's at Radio Islam USA. And for those who are on Facebook, make sure that you stop by our page, Radio Islam. Like the page. If you've got a question, a point that you'd like to make, especially during the broadcast, the live broadcast, we try to keep that page open, keep it up, and monitor it, feel free to post right there. And we will include your comment or suggestion or question, whatever it is. We'll try to include that in the broadcast. And for those who just want to pick up the phone and talk with the the uh, the best host around. No, no. <laughs> those who want to pick up the phone, just give us a call at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. And we're always happy to talk with you. If you should choose to give us a ring, so it is. What is it? It is Thursday. It's a wonderful day. I mean, the week is just flying by. Yesterday was What's Up Wednesday, and today is Thursday. So Thursday, uh, we greeted. We hope that it's that it's been good to you. You know, we're winding out, winding down with the day. Uh, but I want to share something with you uh, this morning. Uh, it was it was a really it was an unexpected uh, occurrence. So as I was walking through the parking lot uh, on my way to the train platform this morning, something really unexpected uh, caught my eye. It was a man being dropped off by, well, it really doesn't matter who was dropping him off. That's, that's really not the point. Uh, but I noticed as he moved away from the car, he turned around and he blew a kiss to the, towards the driver. You know, one of those air kisses. And what was really noticeable to me in that moment was this huge smile that was on his face. And it was it was a kind of smile that we reserved for those closest to us. It was a smile that we tuck away once we get around strangers and acquaintances. But in that moment, I saw him in that moment. I, I felt like I really saw him and he reminded me that that we are connected as people, as human beings. Uh, do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Have you seen a person or better yet, have you been that person who was just basking in the feelings of home? You know, the, the feelings of love you have for those closest to you, but in a place where those feelings aren't necessarily expected to show. Uh, because often, often what we do is we put the best parts of ourselves, the most important parts of ourselves We put them away when we leave our homes. You know, we don't smile the same. Our voices, they have more stress in them. Right? Our glances are different. But in that moment, I knew I was seeing the best part of this man. And had he seen me looking at him, he might have hid that part of himself. But it is that part that makes us feel connected to him, to one another. And we can all relate. You know, to so this, this feeling of love that we have for our own families, you know, for our spouses, our children, our brothers, sisters, our parents, and our friends. That's something that we can relate to. That's the, the human connection. So with that, with that, I'm going to give you today's hadith or narration of the Prophet, peace and prayers, be, uh, blessings be upon him. So Aisha, may God be pleased with her. She reported the prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said. Verily, kindness is not found in anything except that it beautifies it. And it is not removed from anything except that it disgraces it. I'm going to read it one more time, just in case you didn't catch it. You don't have to wait for the podcast tomorrow. Says verily. Kindness is not found in anything except that it beautifies it, and it is not removed from anything except that it disgraces it. So let's just let that soak in and, and, and let's, let's think about that. Uh, think about the implications of that. What, is that. what does that really mean? You know, the faces that we put on when we leave our homes, uh, the tones that we take with, with strangers, Or sometimes even with loved ones. But it is Thursday, and we thank, we thank Allah, we thank God for giving us this day. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Radio Islam, WCEV 1450 AM, and we'll be right back.
1: Okay, forest animals, kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. I knew I was stuck at this kid's house for the night, but those guys snuck up on me to try and pull the hand in a bowl of warm water trick. Well, that was enough for me. I went downstairs to sleep in the basement, even though it was pitch black. I left my sleeping bag upstairs, and that was a mistake, because it was freezing. I think it was probably the longest night of my life. To read more about the sleepover, check out Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Last Straw, by Jeff Kenny. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library, and visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back Welcome back Radio Slime family You are in the best place to be 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. 1450 a.m. WCEV. I'm your host, Tariq Alamine, our engineer on the board, the impressive Ibrahim Baig. And we're just grateful to be with you again on another day. Uh, the week has just flown by. Tomorrow's Friday. So I think I mentioned to you earlier, but I'll tell you again. Um, That, you know, to make sure the social media, make sure you're following us on those on those platforms, uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook uh, and Twitter. Now, if you did not know, because I didn't mention it earlier when we opened up that each day, like this episode, this broadcast that you're listening to right now, tomorrow it is going to be available on SoundCloud as a podcast. So you can go to SoundCloud, follow us there. We're under Radio Islam and you can listen, you can share and you can comment. And SoundCloud is so, I mean, it's, it's so nice that you can comment at specific points in the broadcast. So if you hear something that strikes your, you know, that gets your attention 10 minutes in, you can comment right at 10 minutes. You know, if it's at 15 minutes, you can comment at 15 minutes. So, make sure you're following us there. So we enjoy talking with our listeners, right? Uh, we enjoy that. Uh, that's, I think, for any any broadcaster, any any journalist. Um, when you are talking to an audience that you can't see physically, uh, but you know is there, you appreciate, you relish those moments of connectivity when. When you get feedback, right? And that's even even when the f- feedback is not necessarily in agreement. I think, as a matter of fact, I think that can be, that's probably, sometimes that's just as exciting or maybe more exciting uh, to hear somebody else give you their, their point of view. Now, our regular listeners uh, know what I just mentioned in terms of the episode tonight being available on podcast, uh, podcast on uh, on SoundCloud the the following day. So normally it's up around noon, but there is a real difference in the the platforms, right? Because if you look at Twitter in comparison to Facebook, right? Facebook, well, I should say Twitter takes you out of your comfort zone. Right, it takes you out of your echo chamber. You know, that's that space where the great majority of what you read is going to reinforce your existing beliefs and values. Right? It's the preacher preaching to the choir, the choir echoing back, you know, in unison. There's this dance that goes on. Uh, and it's it's reaffirming, you know, from both sides. So, but unlike the ideas that you post on Facebook, which reach people who as I say, they likely share similar views as you and they're more likely to be met with approval than not. The ideas you share on Twitter, they're just as likely to be met with resistance and outright rebuttal as they ought to be met with approval. You know, it's a wide open space where this echo chamber that we've been talking about, you know, over the past week or so. That echo chamber gets blown wide open. So today when I looked at my notifications on Twitter and I saw a comment had been made on a link, you know, that we share about a program, uh, you know, we, when we send out or when we post the episodes to SoundCloud, we share them. Generally, we share them through our, on our Twitter uh, feed or I share it on my personal Twitter as well. Uh, we share it on Facebook. So I looked up and I saw I had a notification. And this notification was attached to a link we shared about a program that was about DACA and immigration, right? Now, this has been a big conversation. It's been a big part of the conversation that a lot of uh, media outlets that a lot of communities and families have been having in the country. It's not by far, it's not the only conversation, but it has been, it has been a, a big and a, and a prevalent conversation. But in our broadcast, and in the language that we use when we shared it, we refer to those people who are under DACA, under, uh, DACA the protection of DACA, or those uh, illegal—I'm sorry, those immigrants who are here, which is upwards of 10, I think, around 11 million immigrants that are here. We refer to them as undocumented instead of as illegal aliens so the response that we got was in reference to the the terminology it was in reference to the the name uh, how we chose to categorize those people those 11 million 11 12 uh, million people that are here so i'm not going to give you the person's name but if you want you know you can just simply log on to twitter and go to radio islam usa Go to our Twitter, hand, uh, Twitter handle and you'll see. You'll probably run right across it. Just scroll down and, and you'll see. But the comment that was made was the term, the legal term is hashtag illegal alien, not hashtag undocumented. Words matter. Please don't try and change the hashtag narrative. You're, you're showing your left wind bias. So and there was actually another cuz I replied back and there was another comment that that was made and it really doesn't shed any greater light or give any in my opinion doesn't really give any greater insight into the person's thinking. But for me what it did is that it allowed it, it gave me a glimpse into this thinking that we bolster or we support the words that we use by referencing legal authority so actually it, it actually it does it does help to to clue you in a little bit the next comment that was made uh because i'm not really one who who argues with people generally when a person comes to you for a discussion they will come there's a certain uh there's a certain uh comportment there's a there's a way that we conduct ourselves when we're trying to have a civil discussion where we're really trying to exchange ideas. And then there is the attitude that we take when we're not really interested in what the other person says or thinks. We're just there to tell them that they're wrong. Right. So we just want to get off what we have to say and, and we walk away. We're not really concerned, concerned about what they have to say. So that's, that's the attitude that I took I shouldn't say that's not, the, that's not the attitude I took. That's the attitude that I, that I perceived in the statement that was made. So my response was basically that, you know, I'm going to continue to use the words that I choose and you use the words that you choose. The reply to that was the Supreme Court of the United States uses the term illegal aliens. Now I haven't had time to to vet that but this is this is a statement that was made by the individual and to the individual's credit it appears that she's using her actual name and I give credit to people who are willing to make a statement and stand by their statement and don't you know fly into this cloud of anonymity which social media allows for people to do They're, it allows for for people to give ideas and take positions sometimes positions that are you know totally they are totally against the 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 concept or the the, the premise of democracy or the, the premise of a of humanity you know of mercy and compassion and all these things and they are more in line you know They're more in line with the the separatist ideologies and, you know, they're hate mongers and all that type of thing. So I give credit to this particular individual for what appears to be standing by her position with her name. But what I don't agree with, what I do take issue with, is the reliance upon the court system As a rationalization or a validation, I should say, of a position or or to use language, right? We're going to point to the language that the court system uses and say that is the same language that we should be using. When anyone who has followed our court system, anyone who has followed our legal system is quite aware of the history of our country, and that our country, in legal terms, the legal authorities and legislative bodies throughout our country have always been a step behind moral consciousness, moral thought, moral principle. And to give some evidence for that, which most likely, those who are listening are probably quite aware of, and probably saw where I was going when I mentioned this person referring to the to the court system or to the uh, Supreme Court, because at what point women could not vote, right? That there was a whole campaign for suffrage, women's exclusion from the political process was a matter of law. At one point, the African American here was legally considered three-fifths of a human being. And this was a matter of legislation. As a matter of fact, I'm going to share just a few. This is with relation to South Carolina Slave laws, and I'm not going to I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm just going to share a few of them just for us to make sure that we do not make the mistake of trying to take moral guidance or trying to look to the courts or our legislative bodies for moral leadership because they have always been a step They have always been a step or two or three behind. So there was a law in South Carolina during the time of slavery, which says that the slave, being personal, chattel, property, is at all times liable to be sold absolutely or mortgaged or leased at the will of his master. Next. Slaves cannot redeem themselves, nor obtain a change of masters, though cruel treatment may have rendered such change necessary for their personal safety. Next. Slaves being objects of property. If injured by third persons, their owners may bring suit and recover damages for the for their injury. Next. Next. Slaves can make no contract. And the last one I'm going to share says slavery is hereditary and perpetual. Now, the legislative body at that time that was responsible for, I mean, because we think about what our laws are for, right? Our laws, they put parameters on our actions our laws are supposed to the idea of having order peace making sure that everybody has a sense of satisfaction in their interactions with one another or at least understanding that there is a uh, there is a an ordered there is an ordered method or methodology as to how we how we conduct business you know, how we conduct ourselves. And that's where our legislative bodies come in. Now, this is not unique. You know, I just read some of the slave laws from South Carolina, but every slave-holding state had their their own version, their own idea of what slavery looked like, what it meant of the interaction of slaves with others, the rights that they had, which were none. So I immediately thought of this when this individual referenced the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court has also issued rulings that have not been in favor of human dignity. The Supreme Court has ruled on the side of oppression, it doesn't mean that we throw away our court system, because anyone who has traveled or anyone who has studied court systems, legislative bodies, governments around the world, realize that we have a really good shot at having our courts, our legislative bodies serve us, serve the common good more often than not but we should never make the mistake of looking at our court systems and thinking that we're going to find moral leadership because that is not what they're for. They're always a step behind, always. So this idea of the language of undocumented. As a matter of fact, uh, as undocumented versus illegal aliens. I should also mention, wasn't there a comment? She also made a comment with regard to, we don't, uh, on SoundCloud, she posted there, and she said that we don't have enough. We don't have enough to provide for the number of immigrants. I'm paraphrasing, right? We'll see if we can get it up in a second, but we don't have enough to provide for those people who are coming here. They're taking away something from, from what is available to us. And see, this is where our worldview you got it? So the last thing we need... Are Why don't you just read, it, just read it? Just read it up. Okay. It says something about the last thing we need is low-skilled um, low workers taking wages. Now, anybody who has done the, the studies on that, I believe we just talked about this with regard to DACA, that most of those... Who are covered by it? I think it said seventy-two, seven. It was upwards of seventy percent were earning well over the minimum wage, close to twenty dollars an hour. And that's just that's just dark. and that's not that's not representative of of everyone. But I don't want I don't want to go down that road because that really that's that's kind of you get, you get caught in the weeds. The point is this. Our worldview as people of faith, as Muslims in particular, is that we reference or we are introduced to Allah, God, right? In the first chapter of the Quran, we are introduced to to God as the most gracious, the most merciful, uh, the one who provides, right, the redeemer, and in that in that light, I think it should make it it should make us consider that we have been given enough for our provisions. We have been given enough wherever we are. But it is only selfishness, right? It's only short sightedness that makes us think or put out the idea that there is not enough to go around. And that's what we see quite often is that we see people who make arguments about those who are here or who, are want, who want to come here, and they make arguments like the argument that was made by this individual on Twitter. So we hopefully don't make the mistake of being uh, as short-sighted, and we don't make the mistake or we don't have a lapse in memory to uh, and forget or overlook the fact that our legislative bodies here have upheld oppression. That our responsibility is to make those bodies conform to justice, uh, to do justice, and and not the other way around. It, it doesn't. It has never worked the other way around. It does not work that way around. So the beauty of Twitter, once again, is that. It breaks up the echo chamber I was glad to see the message Not going to argue it But glad to see the message It's good to get a pulse on On where people are and where we are uh, And see what See where our points uh, Points of Our perspectives diverge And where they where they connect So you're listening to Radio Islam WCEV 1450 If you'd like to give us a call 773 hold on, 312 750 1178. 312 Had a little lapse there for a moment. Feel free to post on our Facebook page. We'd be happy to have your point, question, whatever brought into the conversation. But we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back, folks.
1: Copy me. Copying me. Mom, tell her to stop copying me. Mom, tell her to stop talking me. Kids will spend 10 minutes copying everything their sibling says. You're such a You're doofus. You're such a doofus. How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit twomin2x.org. Two minutes twice a day. They have the time. Mom. Mom! A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ad Council.
0: This is a guided meditation on parenting. Take this time to breathe deeply and close your eyes. Right now, you're completely in control. Unlike the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you tried removing those raccoons from the basement. Concentrate on the soothing sound of my voice. Release the memory of when you wrestled with that beehive in your son's treehouse. Let go of the time you thought that skunk was a cat. Or when you pulled into the garage with your son's bike on
1: top of the car. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids in the Ad Council.
0: Radio Islam now presents Marked in Time with historian Faraz El Khatib.
1: Assalamu alaikum and peace be upon you. One of the biggest stories in the news right now is the conflict between Ukraine and Russia, particularly over the Crimean Peninsula in the south of Ukraine. Both sides claim it to be theirs based on historical and ethnic ties. But one thing you'll probably miss in the news is the status of this region's original inhabitants. They're Muslims, and they are known as the Crimean Tatars. The Crimean Tatars descend from the Mongols, who in the 13th and 14th centuries controlled much of Asia and Europe. One branch of the Mongol Empire, known as the Golden Horde, settled north of the Black Sea and converted to Islam in the early 1300s. The first mosque in Crimea was built in 1314 by these Muslims. After the dissolution of the Mongol Empire by the 1400s, the Crimean Khanate emerged as a powerful Muslim state in what is now southern Ukraine and Russia. Its people mostly spoke a dialect of Turkish known as Tatar, and they were thus close with the growing Ottoman Empire to their south. The Crimean Khanate eventually became a vassal state to the Ottoman Empire and enjoyed protection and economic support from their allies to the south. But that wouldn't last long. In 1774, the Russian Empire forced the declining Ottomans to sign a treaty that forced them out of Crimea. Just nine years later, the Russians took the opportunity to annex Crimea, beginning a long period of oppression for the Crimean Tatars. Ethnic cleansing of the Tatars was official policy, and hundreds of thousands were either forced to leave or be killed. The Soviet Union continued the policy, and by the mid-1940s, Crimea was almost entirely Russian, with its entire Muslim population exiled. In the past 20 years, however, some Crimean Tatars have begun to come back to their homeland, and today over 200,000 of them live in the disputed peninsula. Unfortunately, the current conflict has them caught in the middle. As Ukraine and Russia seem poised to fight over Crimea, its original inhabitants can only stand by and watch and hope for a better future. I'm historian Firas Al-Khatib with Marked in Time for Radio Islam. See you next week. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar
0: Radio Islam the nation's first daily live call and talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market Radio Islam on the air since 2004 because of your generosity Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome back, welcome back, Radio Slam family. Thanks for hanging out for that break. We are, we are, we are moving, moving right along. So, if you hear that creak, that is the, the sad chair that I am sitting in. Uh, I try to sit very still, but it still comes out, and it's a real pain uh, when it comes to editing to put up the podcast. Not that you really cared about the creek, but I thought I would let you in on that anyway. So, you are listening to Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM. As you know, we broadcast every day, 6 to 7 p.m., and we are streaming on www.wcev1450.com. Remember, you can always go to radioislam.com and you can see some some behind the scene things, uh, pictures, guest bios, articles, uh, and a lot more. Very soon, I'll let you in on this. We're going to be having a, a new section that's going to be added, and that is artist profiles. So Fridays, as a matter of fact, you can put both of these things on your calendar, in your mental Rolodex, if you will. Uh, and that is Wednesdays, What's Up Wednesdays. So if you have community news that you would like to share, uh, service community service opportunities that are going on, uh, any fundraisers, Things that are for the community good. What's up Wednesday? Send us an email at producer at radioaslam.com. That's producer at radioaslam.com. Or you can inbox us on Facebook. Don't DM us. Don't direct message us on Twitter. Uh, that's not the best way to do it. But feel free. Send us an inbox on Facebook or email us at producer at radioaslam.com. I'm also going to take this moment to let you know that we are hiring interns. We are in a great downtown location, uh, and we offer an opportunity for for folks who are just getting into the industry, whether it be uh, web development, journalism, uh, broadcasting. We have a space for you, uh, and you will get immediate uh, and... Dare I say, unparalleled access, uh, and an experience that will be uh, as rewarding uh, and, and enriching uh, as any that you will be able to find. Uh, and we are right, right off of the. I think this is the green, the green line and brown line. So, if you are interested in that as well, send us an email: producer at radioislam dot com. Producer at radioislam dot com. So, one of the things that we also would like to bring up, uh, seeing as how we're close to the, to the weekend. Oh, let me go back. I apologize. I said, what's up Wednesdays? But also, Friday, we're, we're uh, launching the Friday Artist Profile, and we just had our first profile of artist, uh, painter, spoken word artist, and singer, Selma Demir. Um, that was last Friday. That was our first one. And if you go to our Facebook page, you will see that there is a call for artists. Whether you are a, a dancer, whether you are a singer, a poet, musician, we want to, we encourage, if you'd like to be considered for an artist profile, contact us uh, on our Facebook page. You can inbox us there or once again use the trusty. Producer, as a matter of fact, no, I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to give you Tariq, uh, that's T A R I Q, at soundvision.com. But you can still go to Facebook and just send us an inbox. So if you have a, if you already have a recording of you performing uh, at a venue, you can just send that link to us if you are an up and coming if you're just breaking into whatever your art form is and you have not yet performed but you still would like to be uh considered this is what you do really simple record a 30 second spot of you performing and whether that's like i said whether that is dance whether it is uh you know as a musician singing spoken word a 30 second spot and just and send that to us. send that to us and we will review it. Uh, make sure that in your message that you are including your name, very important, including your name and contact info as far as your email, especially if you send this if you contact us via Facebook. So we want to make sure that we give everybody uh, equal access and opportunity to share. Uh, their art form, share their talent. We want to support the artists. Uh, this is something that we are doing right now, which is specifically for the those who are in the Chicagoland area, those who are able to come in studio. Uh, for our authors also, for those who are authors, uh, and I'm for those of you who have already sent in messages, we're looking uh, at those. I know we got a couple in uh, within the past couple of hours, as a matter of fact. Uh, we are reviewing Uh, Just make sure that we have contact information to reach you. So there is a a vibrant and a thriving uh, voice out here of of artists. Um, We are most often associated. You know, we know we have plenty of activists, social activists, and we have plenty of academicians, and we appreciate uh, both of those uh, sectors. But we also want to make sure that we are doing what we can to support our our artists, uh, cultivate that, um, because one of the big things that we have now is people complain about the art that's out there. They complain about the songs or the raps that are out there. But the question always has to be what are we doing to promote to promote an alternative, a healthy alternative? And if we don't take that on, if we don't take that responsibility seriously, then we can't really complain about you know the state that we're that we're in. Uh, I'm going to share something really. Um, I hope this is not too personal w- with you all, but I have mentioned for our, you know, for our uh, listeners, for those who have been been on well before I came on. I'm in my, I think, my sixth week uh, as host. I'm, I've been loving it, having a great time, uh, doing it. I can't think of anywhere else that I would rather be, and but in addition to that you know for the past uh, going on 5 years um, I serve as the resident imam of a masjid masjid of uh, at on the southeast side of chicago prior to that I was I served as an assistant imam for about 10 years uh, at, uh between two different uh uh masjid. but what i remember most what sticks with me most was as someone who was raised uh, in the faith, you know, in this deen as a Muslim, Muslim parents, Muslim family, what sticks out to me most is the age of nineteen, I was going through some hardship, you know, and that's and at that age that's really nothing that's nothing unique about that, you know we grow and sometimes we get to the point where we feel like we figure things out but we forget what it was like before we figured things out. We forget what things were like when we were looking for a direction, when we were not really meeting the expectations or feel like we were not meeting the expectations that that were set out in front of us. Now, by no means am I speaking for, for everybody, but there may be some of you who can identify with what I'm saying. So, I was about 19 Going through some difficulty with my you know in my in my life i'm not gonna um, and it was the kind of difficulty where there was nobody I felt like I could talk to. There wasn't anybody I felt that I could really get advice from you know and i have my, my parents have always supported me they you know they were there at the time, but I was out on my own working and you know had my own place and I said, well, i got to take this to the mat. I have to. Something was in me. I need to go pray. So I got home, and I pulled out the prayer rug my father had given me, and I stood on the prayer. I stood on the rug, and I proceeded to pray. And I began al fatiha which is the opening opening chapter, the oft-repeated verses, seven ayah, that we repeat with every prayer. We recite with every prayer. And I couldn't get through al-fatiyah. I was 19, and I grew up and am going to a Muslim school, Arabic class with Sister Nusrat Butt. May Allah forgive her any errors in Granite Paradise, learning surahs, memorizing. But here I was at 19, standing on a prayer rug in a state of distress but could not remember, could not finish the al fatiha so I tell you this, so that was a turning point in life for me. You know, as far as real looking at where my where I needed to be, where I, you know, realizing what I needed for my own sense of uh peace. And so I don't look at where I am now. I I always look back at where I was. And where I was was at a point where some of the the, the music or the things that influenced my thinking at that time, they, it, it wasn't the best. It was just being, be, you know, being being very clear. It was not, it wasn't the best. I mean, it was not just all trash, but it was not the best. I didn't have the benefit of, at that point, there was no Muslim art scene. There were no Muslim rappers, you know, just out front. There was no, there was no... Space where you could go, like you know, Iman, uh, which has done phenomenal work with its community cafes over the years and being a space where people can come and, and hear conscious music music that, as, that elevates uh, the soul, that makes us, makes the listener remember, you know, remember their connection uh, to God and, and, and to, to humanity. Those types of spaces, at that point, at least in my life in Chicago at that time did not exist. So that's why it's important for me now. It's important for me now to be a part of an effort that says that we're going to support artists. We're going to make that a part of what we do. I mean, it's not the only thing the only thing we do, but we say a Friday artist profile is an opportunity it's an opportunity for us to help to cultivate to strengthen uh, an expression that is uplifting that helps us that helps our young people in particular well young and young at heart it helps us to reconnect reaffirm who we are as muslims as as people of faith people who who remember do our best to remember god to remember allah and art and i know that there are different you know opinions on it but for those who choose to listen? For those who listen, for those who who take comfort, you know, in the artistic reflection, you know, in in a good uh, in, in musicianship, in a, in a in a in a good poem or spoken word piece or a song, whatever it is. Doesn't it make sense that we support an expression that supports our final destination? That supports the The nature that we have been created with doesn't it make sense that we support that because our children, nine times out of ten more often than not I'll say they are aware of what is out there i mean i've got I've got three teenagers myself, and they are aware of what is out there, but it's like the uh like uh, Elijah Muhammad said Honorable Elijah Muhammad said the example that he gave about what a person would choose, and he put a clear glass next to a dirty glass of, of water. And he says if you give a man a choice, he will always choose the glass with the clear water in it. So that's that's what this means to me. That's what it means to me. It, it, it means giving something that is, that is healthy, something that is, that is good and constructive, Because I remember what it was like to be that lost individual, that person, you know, who would turn on the radio and, you know, maybe subconsciously looking for answers or looking for, you know, looking for approval or whatever. And then coming back, and realizing that I had left the thing that was, that was most important, that gave me all the things I was looking for. So we're asking for our Chicago-area Muslim artists. If you, if you are interested in being a part of our artist profile, send us an email. You can send us an email at producer, uh, producer at com. You can connect with us directly on Facebook. Send us an inbox message there. And we will review what you, you know, we'll review your submission, and we'll do our best to incorporate you, incorporate you into this this new effort. Uh, that is, as I mentioned earlier, that's also going to be a new part that is coming to the uh, to the website, and that will be the artist profiles. That'll be a space where we can showcase those who have come in studio and, and shared their art with us and talked with us about their motivations and their um, The direction. So we're we're really happy to be able to do that. We feel like uh, it's a blessing and a responsibility that we take uh, very seriously. So there are a few other things, very quick things that I want to bring to mind, because even as we're feeling good and thinking about, you know, those things that, you know, mellow us out or whatever, we still want to remember uh, that ultimately, you know, we're defined or we, we strive to be people of purpose. So I'd like to give uh, a shout out, if you will, to some of the people who are, who are embodying that right now. And they're doing what they can to try and make our representative bodies, they're doing what they can to try to make our, uh, those who represent us, you know, in our legal system uh, as public servants, they're trying to be voices there that will benefit us all. So first I want to mention there was a uh, – we, we were able to speak with her in studio about two, maybe two or three weeks ago, and that's Sister uh, Bushra Amiwala, and she is running for Cook County Commissioner in the 13th uh, District, I believe. Uh, that's the area that covers uh, Rogers Park up to, I think, Skokie, um, but uh, DePaul student um, and is, you know, just phenomenal – uh, it was phenomenal to be able to sit down with her and, and talk with her, uh, definitely in tune, up to date on the issues, and has the type of uh, focus and the type of energy that we need. Uh, and is young enough to, to not be worn down by folks who are just, you know, career uh, career obstacles. So uh, we want to definitely keep her in our Dua. For those who are in the area, do what you can. Go on Facebook. She's got a page. Bushra Amiwala and also there is an event tomorrow and I'm really happy about this uh, because I know I know this individual and the potential that she has to raise the the level of leadership uh, and that is Dilara Saeed who is running for the uh, she's a Democratic candidate for the Illinois State Representative of the 5th District. And there is a campaign, basically a campaign kickoff, tomorrow at 4 p.m. from 4 to 5.30 p.m. at Sunshine Enterprises. That's 501 East 61st Street. 501 East 61st Street. And there are going to be uh, national and local leaders present. And if you would like to attend uh, RSVP, at contact us at... VoteDalara.com That's VoteDalara.com D-I-L-A-R-A That's D-I-L-A-R-A And for those who are quick with the fingers You can give a call At 708-374-8689 708-374-8689 So we are looking forward uh, In the very near, near future uh, With God's permission of having Delara in studio uh, we know that with that type of uh, effort, uh, maybe we can get her on the phone. But with that type of effort, it, it takes quite a bit of energy uh, and a lot out of uh, a lot out of an individual. But we want, definitely want to do what we can to um, uh, to support and recognize those who are trying to make things better uh, for all of us. And that is exactly what I see both of those individuals doing. Also, put on your calendar. Uh, November eleventh, Ashton Place. That's a Sunday. Radio Islam. Uh, a matter of fact, this is a this is an event where you are going to be able to support four things at one time. And oh, thank you so much. November twelfth. That is a Sunday. I got that right. November twelfth, Sunday at Ashton Place. That is in Willowbrook, and um, we're going to be you'll be able to support the work that Radio Islam is trying to do. We're trying to expand and strengthen what we're doing and our commitment to uh, Chicago uh, and beyond, uh, because we have a global uh, listenership. Uh, You'll also be able to support an upcoming, uh, the launch of a Texas, not Texas, a text crisis line. uh, Very much needed. As a matter of fact, we'll be talking about that next week, with God's permission, inshallah. Third thing is there is going to be a A for Arab exhibition by uh, Jack Shaheen, uh, who wrote a uh, phenomenal book that I recall reading some time ago in school, uh, some years back. Um, but that exhibit is going to be there. And the last thing, what is the last thing? It's for d- oh, actually I'm not even gonna, I, I can't tell you. There's going to be an award given to a very prominent well. He might not be listening right now, so I'll say it. Uh, we're going to be – I shouldn't tell? Okay, I'm not going to tell. But we'll, uh, I'll tell you this. Our keynote speaker is Professor John Esposito. Uh, and we're uh, tremendously honored to have him to be able to, uh, to join us. So that being said, we hope that the remainder of your evening is a peaceful one, uh, that you and your families are blessed, and we look forward to seeing you, uh, talking with you Monday, as a matter of fact. We'll be talking to you Monday. Well, we'll be here. Tune in tomorrow. It'll be some good stuff. So, uh, our engineer is Gus. Gus, thank you so much, Gus, over at WCEV, for doing what you do to make sure that we come through nice and clear. Um, any uh, the, the words of the host, which is me, uh, are my own views and not indicative of the views of Sound Vision. Our engineer on the boards, the impressive Ibrahim Baig. The producer, host for tonight, yours truly, Tariq Alameen. We look forward to seeing you and talking with you soon. Have a great evening. I leave you as I greeted you. assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.